This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Value Inspiration Podcast. My name is Ton Dobbe, and I'm the founder of Value Inspiration and the author of The Remarkable Effect. I'm creating a tribe of tech entrepreneurs that are on a mission to do something big and meaningful. I invite you to join the tribe as well, especially if you want to create change that matters and put your software business on momentum that you're proud of. The goal that I have with this podcast is twofold. Firstly, to inspire new forms of value creation by sharing compelling ideas and stories about the potential we can unlock when technology and people blend in the right way. And secondly, share experiences from tech entrepreneurs like you about what is required to create a remarkable software business and how to overcome the roadblocks to do so. The guest of our podcast today is Sam Weikberg, co-founder and CEO of Care AR. Innovation is something that constantly drives us. We think about the art of what's possible all the time. And we don't think too much about limitations and barriers. We saw a gap in the market and the other is something that evolved, not right away, that it didn't hit us right away, but as we got into it, we saw, wow, there's a really big pervasive issue going on. But the simple issue was applying what we see in telehealth, what we see in long distance learning to field service, getting a remote expert to assist the field tech on site to do a visual consult to solve the problem while they're out there. The big problem permeated as we started getting in there, talking to more C-level people, 70% of an organization's most valuable assets, employees, are leaving over the next five to 10 years. All that knowledge goes out the door with them. So the C-levels really need, are thinking, this is what keeps them up at night, are thinking about what can I do to retain this tribal knowledge? What can I do to transfer this knowledge to other new individuals coming into the organizations in a way where I can accelerate the pace of that and retain my competitive edge. This is Sam. He's an entrepreneurial business leader passionate about building brands that scale. His expertise, driving and inspiring high-performing teams, game-changing solutions, positioning strategies, innovative partnerships, ecosystems, and communities that create network effects and growth. Throughout his career, he has held senior roles in sales at Oracle, Blue Martini, Aspect Software, Ascendant Systems, Envorx, Fluency Voice Technology, GenBand, and Video. He is recognized for strategic out-of-the-box approaches for developing and executing corporate and go-to-market plans, thought leadership, and creating long-term meaningful relationships. In December of 2018, he co-founded Care AR, an augmented reality platform for smart services. And their mission? Making expertise accessible anywhere and instantly. And this triggered me. And hence I invited Sam to my podcast. We explore the challenges faced in the field services market and how technology can help transform productivity, quality of work and overall profitability. Beyond that, we dig into a much larger problem that the services industry is facing as a whole the rapidly decreasing workforce and what challenges that gives entrepreneurs 
to retain tribal knowledge and their competitive advantage. By listening to this podcast, you will learn four things. Firstly, how you can drive transformative value by bridging the gap between consumer applications and the enterprise workflow. Secondly, that instead of constantly worrying about the catching up you have to do, focus your roadmap on the question, how do you want to be the favorite? Thirdly, that the opportunity to create unique value is often hidden in developing an eye for rapidly developing issues that can become a catalyst for transformation. And fourthly, how to take friction for adoption out by not only focusing on the user experience, but also on the business model. Hi Sam, thank you for making the time today and be a guest on my podcast. Eitan, it's my pleasure and honor to be with you today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's going to be fun and the, the topic is going to be fun because I like what your company is doing. That's the reason why I actually approached you. But before we start talking about your company, KRAR, a little bit about you, not your whole background and history, but if I would ask you two or three words to characterize yourself as a CEO or as a, as a leader, what would those words be? Oh boy, that's a, great, that's a great question. So two words I would say, so number one, I would, I would say relationships. I think relationships are extremely important, especially in this day and age. And I guess when you've been in the industry as long as I have, <laughs> right, it's amazing how many people you've worked with and how many people that you've had the opportunity to help and how many people you realize have helped you along your journey. And I think it's one of the gratifying things of being a CEO and doing what we're doing is you have the opportunity to go back and work with the people that you trust you've had good experience with, that you like, and that you want to try to also, you know, give back to those people that helped you along the way. So I think it's really rewarding from that sense. That's absolutely one of the gratifying things. I'd say the other thing that I think also defines not me, but also carry R is innovation. And I think that innovation is something that constantly drives us. We think about the art of what's possible all the time. And we don't think too much about limitations and barriers. And it's, I think, living in also kind of a, an agile type of world. And we're definitely an agile type of company. We have the ability to really think big and have limitless, think limitless barriers. At least that's our mindset. And I think that shows in some of the things that we've been able to achieve so far. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's a nice bridge to go that route. So, you started your company, CareAR, two years ago, right? Approximately two years ago, yes. Yeah. So what is the big idea behind it? What is the problem that you saw in the market that could not wait to be solved? Yeah, so I'm going to say there are two things. One was a very simple thing that we saw a gap in the market, and the other is something that evolved, not right away, that it, it didn't hit us right away, but as we got into it, we saw, wow, there's a really big pervasive issue going on. The, the simple thing, which was this very simple idea. And so, you know, from my background, it's been a long time, longer than I'll say on this video recording in the communication software space. But uh, so I've seen a lot of technology in that space around video, voice, embedded communication, real-time communication, things like that. And what you see today, really interesting around, especially in this you know, COVID-19 time, you really see a spotlight shining on areas in particular around telehealth, long distance learning, as a for instance. Okay. We see a lot of this internal you know, communication that we're doing here, 
but I want to just touch on those two things in particular, telehealth, long distance learning. So, so what do you have there, right? It's interesting. They've been around for a while, but it hasn't only been since, you know, this year that it's really, really picked up a lot of steam, right? And what you have simply is you have a, a remote, you have a remote physician treating a patient somewhere else over a visual collaboration experience like we're doing here, right? Now, the reality is that over, over half of patient visits can be solved with high quality video, audio, and you have a lot of convenience and you're able to do it better, faster, cheaper. If you think about long distance learning, same thing, a remote professor, you've got, you've got a student online somewhere and they're able to collaborate, receive tutoring, et cetera, right? Very convenient, things like that. We saw the problem, so take those same principles and we saw the problem in field services. Okay, the reality is two out of three technicians who've been dispatched to fix a problem need expert assistance, right? Unforeseen issues, skills gap, these type of challenges are out there. But what happens? So today, where the problem that we saw is that the way that they were reaching out to remote experts to get that additional consultation or guidance was via phone. Okay, and then it was a lot of, okay, tell me what you see. And we hear more times than not, okay, blinking lights, cables, wires, right? Okay, can you FaceTime me? Can you WhatsApp me, right? So what was interesting is they were trying to bridge the gap with consumer applications that were not part of a, an enterprise workflow that dispatched them to that location. So it was very clunky, right? It was not part of a workflow. And again, more times than not resulted in a repeat visit. Right. Yeah. And that spirals into costs, into customer satisfaction, into a lack of uh, proper resource utilization. So the simple I know there are a lot of things there, but the simple issue was applying what we see in telehealth, what we see in long distance learning to field service, getting a remote expert to assist a field tech on site to do a visual consult to solve the problem while they're out there. Yep. Okay, that was a simple problem. The big problem permeated as we started getting in there, talking to more C-level people and really having a better understanding of what was going on in the space. And the big problem is, which is the backdrop, that within these organizations that have field services and, and experts around products and industry and IP and things like that are leaving at a staggering rate of somewhere in the area yeah. about 70% of an organization's most valuable assets, employees, are leaving over the next five to 10 years, 70% over the next five, 10 years on average, okay? And they'll never Each, come back. And they won't come back. All that knowledge goes out the door with them. True. So the C-levels really need, are thinking, this is what keeps them up at night, are thinking about what can I do to retain this tribal knowledge? What can I do to transfer this knowledge to other new individuals yeah. coming into the organizations in a way where I can accelerate the pace of that and retain my competitive edge, right? And grow my talent pool. So how do I capture this knowledge and I, how do I disseminate it in a way where it's digital, visual, seamless, if you will, and at the same time, take you know, my most experienced people and maybe find different roles for them, find different ways to incorporate them into this, into this process. Maybe instead of going out into the field, like they've been doing for the last 10, 20, 30 years, find centralized roles for them 
like we're doing here, where they can support a broader set of newer, you know, less experienced resources in the field, right? How do we take all the service sessions that they do and how do we capture that and how do we use that and, and bring that back in training, right? And how do you make this whole interactive, almost on demand, if you will, and situational? And so how does all that information, how do you, how do you take all that content and knowledge and provide it in a way where you're actually, instead of doing, instead of thinking augmented reality, think about augmenting intelligence to the employee base. I would state that, yes, we're in the augmented reality business, but really what we're doing is augmenting intelligence for these organizations, for their employees. Yeah, that's exactly what I saw when I visited your website. And it's the purpose of my podcast. So, you know, it's, I'm always looking for compelling stories about the value we can unlock when technology and people blend in the right way. That's, that, that's yeah. the short version of it. And here's a good example of what we can do with technology to actually make people better and to solve a global problem. Because when I was still working at Unit 4, the company that I worked for for a long time before I started my own business, that company was fully focused on the services industry. And uh, yes, I have had kind of research in my keynotes about that workforce that's just declining in the service industry. So yeah, I mean, if your business is about delivering value through people, that's a big problem. <laughs> it's not a war yeah. for talent. It's like, it's like an impossible thing to solve. And that's yeah. where, the, where this comes in. So nice. So we talked about the big idea. You highlighted already the opportunity that it creates. I'm glad that you say that you, you went beyond the fact that it's just more efficient and it's saving costs and it's helping with more, well, with happier customers. Because indeed, it's about competitive edge and it's about the far broader picture for a company to stay relevant in today's society. So yeah, the aha moment was there. So in that, I mean, it's quite a short time since you started this company, but I also realized from all the other podcasts that I've done, that there is a a lot of fantastic technology out there that you can start to leverage to create those solutions. So in in order to create a solution that you've put to market right now, tell me a little bit about that journey and what did you do to differentiate this solution from what others could do in the marketplace? Right. I mean, so that's a really, that's an excellent point, right? Because we've been around only two years, right? The space has been around a lot longer. There's competitors in here trying to address the issue around field services and remote augmented reality support way before, you know, we even started, right? Way, way before we even put our business plan together, which depends how you look at it, Tom. You know, it's either, boy, we have a lot of catching up to do. Or we have an opportunity to just sit back, look at the landscape and figure out, you know, how do we want to be different? That's right. How do we want to be different? You know, how do we want to disrupt, right? How do we want to innovate? Let me make a small interruption here. Sam just made an excellent remark that illustrates the mindset that they have around their business. A mindset that's not about being the best at everything, but being the best at something. How they can be the favorite and what they can do that sets them apart. This is a core trait that defines the software companies that we just keep talking about. They realize they cannot please everybody and they aim to be different, not just better. And in my book, The Remarkable Effect, I outline 10 traits that define remarkable software businesses. It will help you understand where you stand as a business, but also what you can do to close the gap on each of those individual traits. You can buy a copy of my book or get access to the audio version of it via amazon.com. Back to the interview. 
And this goes back to my other point, right? Which is we know people, we can get feedback. What we want to do is really kind of think about technology aside because technology can do all, all kinds of things. Technology exists, right? I would say the, the inflection point, maybe three years ago, two, maybe three years ago, when maybe, you know, maybe a little longer, when I really think Apple and Google, ARKit, ARCore, really made it easier for organizations to leverage AR using those platforms, right? So we were looking at it before, and uh, there were other technologies. It just wasn't as open source, if you will, or, or widely available. I really think that then allowed us to just think about, okay, what's possible, right? And technology aside, what we thought about is, you know, what we want to do, what's going on right now, and, and if you think about some of the things that I mentioned, you know, before, we kind of put, I think, a pretty ambitious mission and vision statement, and we've been working towards that since. And that whole idea behind that is simply making expertise accessible anywhere and instantly, okay? So we want to make expertise accessible, okay? Wherever you are, whenever you need it, okay? And mainly on any device, and we could, we could talk for a moment about that. But, but the, important, the, the important distinction is expertise in what I just said versus experts, okay? Yeah. And what we mean by that are two things. We mean resources and information. We want resources and information to be available to people when they need it, how they need it on various devices that, you know, that they're using, okay? So, yeah. so my example is this, and I break that down into two buckets, that we're seeing. You've got things like, you've got use cases that reflect what we call remote solve. And we've got things that we use cases called self-solve. Okay. So remote solve is really, I need remote support, right? And that involves a human on the other end, providing you their expertise in order to help assist the problem. So similar to that field tech in the field, needing to access information, right? But it's no different than I'm a consumer calling in with a broken you know, appliance or office equipment. And I need somebody to guide me through to troubleshooting, you know, as if they were there, right? So solve the problem faster. And by the way, that's also no different than if I'm an employee and I'm in the office and my printer is down or my computer is down or my network is down and I need to be productive. So I connect with an IT staff. So that's what we mean about remote solve. Self-solve is really, uh, think about that as almost a precursor to a remote solve, which is let me help uh, self-diagnose and self-solve. So this is the scenario where that piece of, you know, that piece of equipment or that asset, if you will, will tell you what the problem is. We'll give you contextual data on what's going on. We'll serve you up information that is relevant or associated with that particular you know, make and model, that particular incident that you're, you're facing with appropriate resolutions, right? Yeah. And these are, think about like redundant or repetitive type of tasks that maybe I don't need to connect with a human, you know, for that. But this is information that's telling you, you know, some context of what's going on. And maybe I haven't been trained on this particular issue before, but I could follow a set of step-by-step instructions. And think yeah, of all this being, happens a lot. So, Think of this as an interactive experience, and this is being used to aid or, again, augment live resources that can free up people 
and time and save a lot of costs in, in that whole process. So the whole idea really came down to what do we want to do? What's the problem we want to solve and how do we want to be different and how we want to go about it? And at the end of the day, the whole thing germinated from making expertise accessible and the technology, you know, but the interesting thing, Don, is the technology was the last thing we were concerned about. It's there. That's exactly it's true. Right. And the reason why I'm saying this is, yeah, I'm not sure what word I use, but yeah, fascinating, fantastic. It's something that I write about in my book. Too many people think they are in the category of field service applications. And at the end, that's not what, you're in, what, what category you're in. Maybe that is the application that is most logical to deliver yeah. that particular, uh, to solve that problem. But at the end, things move as well. And with this approach, making expertise accessible can also easily shift to other vertical markets when well, the opportunity they- arises. Exactly. So case in point. So when we think about, and so I'm going to take you to something we thought long and hard about when we started the company, which was the name, the brand. Okay. And so the brand is Care AR, right? And so initially we had people say, oh, you're in the healthcare space, right? Exactly. Because of care. And so we got that a lot. But if you think about it, care by definition means to help or assist. And so the whole idea is to help or assist using augmented reality. Okay. So that was, that was the whole name. That was the whole idea. But the vertical or the space that we wanted to address first was more in customer care, right? So customer care being customer service, field service, IT service. That is our lane that we're hyper-focused in at this time. Okay. So any organization from a B2B standpoint who is dealing with customers have support people, have employees, right? They have a service management application that they're using to help run their business. But interestingly enough, over the last, I would say, nine months, we're seeing some natural adjacencies open up. We're getting some interest to get, you know, to spend some time in other areas like healthcare, interestingly enough. And because of the COVID-19, it really accelerated things, it streamlined some things. Some of the, the regulations around healthcare are not as regulated at this time. And so our platform is absolutely something that can deliver a healthcare or a telehealth type of solution. So, okay, in fact, the care name does play in, in there. But interestingly enough, we're also getting uh, interest and we're working on a couple projects in home care. And so, again because of what's going on with COVID-19, right? People don't want other people coming into their homes and other people don't want to go to other people's homes, right? But you still have repair and maintenance type of situations with anything from appliances to plumbing to even automobiles. So again, it's the whole remote assist type of use case. Yeah. Yeah, So so you're you're going to see more of that. You're going to see more of that? I think you're going to see more of this. Yeah, of course. And I mean, it's it's like the outcome that you're solving at the end that drives what you do. And that's where you can make the biggest impact. It's not the category of applications that you're in. That's just, okay. I like that. And if you also, I mean, maybe what what I actually hope from what happens to COVID is that we start to realize sometimes how ridiculous it is, how much waste we have across the globe. I mean, I just got got a text message during this call that I've got an issue with a pump in my garden. So the water doesn't, doesn't sprinkle. I don't know whether it's broken, whether there's something wrong. Likely this guy will come tomorrow and will fix it in three seconds. Yeah. I have to pay. 
I mean, right. what if I could start to use that application to self-diagnose and say, okay, I'll fix it myself? Or what if that person, instead of coming out there because there is a cost for, you know, in the field service space called truck roll, right? There's a cost for, for, for that person to get in his car and drive to go see you, all right? Yeah. And so what if he didn't have, he or she didn't have that cost? And what if they could simply see what you see and solve that problem, you know, remotely, right? It's better, faster, cheaper, everybody wins, right? Everybody. And so you apply that across all kinds of examples. And I, I can't tell you how many times I heard, oh, if I would have seen this, I could have just told you what to do, right? If I would have known it was this, I could have just told you what to do, which interestingly enough, and I won't get into this, we don't have enough time, but I had an experience that actually caused me to start Carry R because of something along those lines, something as, as you know, simple as that. But what I do spend a fair amount of time talking about now, and, and we've done a couple other sessions around, around how digital transformation, right, is really driven by situations, really accelerated and driven by situations like what we're having right now around uh, these kind of like COVID-19 and, and others. And there's been examples of others major world issues that really are catalysts for digital transformation, which is exactly what what's going on right here. So in some cases, it is causing people to really stop and think about digital ways to solve problems, right, and be more effective and efficient. So it is, you know, the world that we've known earlier this year, it's going to be changed. And hopefully there'll be some good that comes out of it. What you typically see at the end is that people just they just live on. You know, they're busy. They couldn't bother. This is what it is. Right. What else? I mean, they lose their curiosity for things. They they stop asking questions. Right. And that's what you get back in this time this time of age that people start to realize. Wait a minute. Now we have to solve it in a different way. Okay. Now we solved it, and then it starts to kind of spark other ideas. Wait a minute. Now we can do that as well and that as well. So I mean. They always say, uh, right. yeah, crisis brings the best out of you. And what, I, what we've definitely seen, of course, is the adoption has like increased well, tremendously. And likely the, this is just the tip of the iceberg in terms of what's yet to come. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting. And, you know, and the other point that, you know, I think is also worth adding in here is that also what we're finding out, look, when we started two years ago, we didn't know there was going to be a COVID-19 situation. Yeah. Right? Right. I mean, but what we're finding is we are, you know, so not just carry R, but anyone who's providing a remote platform to conduct work or support, right, or maintain or provide various ways to improve safety is going to be a valuable tool. And so we're seeing this very much now. And it actually is part of our narrative. And when we explain our, our the benefits of what we're providing, which depends who you talk to, either comes right up front, or it comes it, where it comes at the at the end, but it's around operational efficiencies, providing greater customer outcomes, and improving yep. safety. True. And safety being from contact avoiding, you know, contact avoidance, right, which promotes safety and being able to provide best in class or world class support, efficiencies, outcomes from experience, kind of like this, but purpose built for solving yep. those particular. True use cases is going to be valuable. 100% agree. I mean, you can take it far, far further also with compliance type things that you really have the checklist That's on right. your screen 
kind of going point by point, not forgetting anything, which is also a matter of safety again. So, I mean, I really applaud for these type of solutions. Let me see. So people that I always admire, I think you, you were talking about Apple a couple of minutes ago, Steve Jobs, he always said, innovation is not what you do, but it's actually what you say no to. Kind of in choosing where to focus, what technology to consume, but what to build yourself. Where did you draw the line? And what was there, for example, one thing that you said, no, no, this is, we need to focus on the differentiation. This is not what we're going to do. Tom, do you mean around what we're going to build versus what we're going to yeah. leverage from True. the market, if you will? Yeah. Okay. So I'll give you one good example. And if you think about what we're doing right now, all right, which is we're on a video, video conference, right? We looked at, again, coming from the space, you know, we're pretty knowledgeable on the communication side. So we looked at technology such as video collaboration, right? And that was something that we felt right off the bat, look, we don't need to build a video communication platform because that technology exists and there's good technologies out there that we can leverage. What was really interesting and it's really in, in this day and age, as I mentioned earlier, technologies are out there and it's amazing. It's really exciting to that we can, hey, look, you know, everything is as a service, right? We're really in a cloud-based as a service type of, you know, type of world. So when we look at starting our business, there are a lot of things that we were able to outsource. And when we looked at the platforms that we want to use, we leverage Google Cloud, so GCP, for a big part of our infrastructure. And that gives us massive scale on a global basis. Exactly. Okay? And you know, we have some video technology that we also leverage as a platform, as a service. Okay? And being from that business, that's really hard stuff. And we didn't want to spend our time on that. We want to that's leverage what I mean. what's already out there, proven, scalable, and just tap into that and leverage that. And so that provides just a great amount of speed and velocity in building your business. So then what we were able to do was focus on the problem that we wanted to solve, which is around making expertise accessible by packaging what's already out there with our IP and really focusing on the user experience. And that's really what it came down to is we wanted to focus on providing a seamless and frictionless user experience that's part of a broader workflow. And at that time, when people need assistance, they can access and have expertise accessible when and how they needed it. Exactly. And that's the way the startup at the end can really scale up and do things that other companies have taken years to develop. Because at the end, you likely have the people that also have the passion to also create the video technology for it. But it's hard right. to sometimes stop them and say, well, not this time. <laughs> Right, right. So it really, it, it is really interesting just to take a step back and look at all the new innovations that are coming out. It's really fabulous. And so you have to, on one hand, be love technology, be a little bit of a geek when it comes to that, but understand ultimately, how does it make the user experience better? How does it make life better for everybody involved? And think of innovative ways to to package the solution together, not just package yeah. it, but also then to offer it in a way from a business model standpoint too, that it's easy, right? And business models are constantly changing and we have to think of new ways and ways that make the adoption or the consumption. So the adoption and the consumption of what we're doing simple. So what uh, have you come up want... with? Have you, have you already taken the benefit of business yeah. model in as a differentiator? We have, we have. 
And so, you know, what we're seeing is we're seeing, you know, traditional SaaS business models still very much apply, okay, which is a named user model, right? And that's very much there, okay? But what we're also seeing, and we're already applying our business model is to a consumption model. So we like the ability to provide optionality around user models and usage models. Two different use cases apply, and, and I'll tell you why. Because large organizations have people that will consume services differently. Okay? Yeah. You've got people in different roles. You've got people that require more assistance, right? And you've got people who just are adopters, right, of technology faster, right? So not everybody is the same within an organization. And one of the things that we really have heard loud and clear is, hey, what's the ROI on that for this particular user? What's the ROI of that for that particular yeah. user, right? And that creates friction. And that's something that we really spent a lot of time looking how to take friction out, not just from an integration and a user experience, but also from a business model perspective. So if you could yeah, say, hey, look, I don't care who uses it, right? Here's just a bucket of use. It's like your phone bill, right? Like your electric bill. Sure. But by doing that, you also need to have, I would say, conviction and strong belief that your technology, your offering, right, will become sticky, will be used. And so, so, and I think at the end of the day, and we look a lot at what's going on in the space and we talk to a lot of people and what we feel that ultimately the value of how you're going to be viewed as an organization, as a solution, isn't the number of registered users you have, it's the amount of active users and usage that you have. Exactly. And that's what we really care about. And that's what yeah, we're, I mean, because we're that really is, that is, that is top of mind. That is changing behavior. And that's where value comes out. Right. I mean, I wrote my book about remarkable software companies and what do those companies do different for them to be, well, so that we talk about them. So I'm always interested what you as an entrepreneur think are the key traits or key traits that such a company should have. What is your belief about that? So I think you need to listen to the market. I think you really need to listen to your customers, to people. Again, listen. We, we spend more time listening. So every meeting that we have, we come away with more knowledge. So I think number one is just listen to the market because the market will tell you where you need to go. So I think that's number one. I think number two is you need to operate fast. And so you need to have speed behind everything that you do. And we wake up every day, not just thinking about how can we do things faster, right? Because the market doesn't stand still. It's very quickly. It goes very quickly. So that's something that, that we also think about is be agile, operate quickly, and keep moving. And I think the, the last thing I think it's very important is you can really get caught up in, in things that you do and problems that you're solving. But I think it's really important to also stay humble in everything. At the end of the day, this is a relationship business. It's a people business right? Now, yes, people want solutions, good solutions that solve problems. But I think that you also need to really keep things in perspective and really just appreciate the issues that people have. And also, you know, just be a good company for, for people to want to work with, right? Yeah, and, sure. and I think that I try to get on as many calls as I can, talk to as many people as I can, because I love it. I learn every time I speak to, I, I speak to somebody else, 
So I think that, I think it's how you carry yourself and it's how the company is being portrayed. So I think it's a combination of listen, act fast and remain humble. Yeah. And then do the things indeed that well, those ingredients all together help you create the things that people talk about. And at the end, it's a relationship business. I completely agree with that. Without customers, there's no business. You can Without have customers. all kinds of fancy goals, but if those customers don't, don't buy, don't use. Exactly. A hundred percent. Without customers, there's no business. <laughs> That's a podcast on itself. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly, exactly. So what is next for you? Where do you want to be in 12, 24 months time with KRAR? Well, I think, I think we're, we're on, on the right trajectory and we feel we're just scratching the surface right now on what we're doing. But we really want to be the enterprise augmented reality platform for the modern service management organization. That's what we want to be. I think we're in a good position on that. We've built the platform from the ground up to focus on being that provider. Very important to, to be able to coexist within applications, workflows, within, within investments that these organizations already have. So that's, I think, a, a differentiator you know, for us. And I think we've been able to think, think bigger and broader just because we are new and we didn't have a lot of the legacy that organizations have been in the business longer you know, have. So, um, no but, but uh, yeah, so look, when we do our next podcast in, you know, 12 months from now or sooner, right, we'll see, but that's our focus right now around being that leading AR That's a good focus to have. Enterprise space. Keep that North Star in focus and yeah, just like keep listening, operate fast, keep the speed and stay humble. <laughs> so it's, that's it. That's, that's how it will go and, and, and that's how and, it will uh, happen. And stay hungry, as Steve Jobs also says. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and say so where can people go to find out more about KRIR and how can they connect best with you? Sure. So KRIR.com. I welcome anybody cool. to come look at our website. And if they want to reach me, it's Sam at KRIR.com. Very simple. Follow us on social, LinkedIn, Twitter as well. See what's going on. And we try to, we try to share as much as what we've got going on into the market as well. Also a very important thing, I, yeah. I will just say that the last 30 days in closing have been pretty exciting for us. We announced partnerships with Google Glass. We announced an expanded partnership with ServiceNow, who has integrated us or we've integrated with them and partnered by integrating across three of their core service management applications, nice. field service management, customer service management, and IT service management. And currently, we're the only augmented reality platform provider in their that's certified and in their ecosystem. And you'll see more information about some of the companies that we're doing this with through our website and through social. So we're pretty excited and more to come, Tom. I really thank you for the time. It's been really great chatting with you, getting to know you. And next on my list is to read your book. <laughs> well, Sorry I, about uh, that. I'll keep you to that. And then I'll do it <laughs> in 12 months to see what you learned from that. But thank you very much for yourself. This was inspiring. I like the space you're in. I believe it's very much needed. So make that dream a reality and become the go-to player for that because then everybody is enjoying it. Thank you. Fantastic. Thanks, Tom. And this ends my conversation with Sam. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. We'd love to hear your comments. So please share what you thought about this episode with us. And if you liked it and got inspired by it, please share it with other tech entrepreneurs on a mission that you have in your network. Other than that, thanks for tuning into this podcast. I had the honor to speak to Sam Wakeberg, co-founder and CEO of Care AR. As said, the goal that I have in this podcast is twofold. Firstly, 
to inspire new forms of value creation by sharing compelling ideas and stories about the potential we can unlock when technology and people blend in the right way. And secondly, share experiences from tech entrepreneurs like you about what is required to create a remarkable software business and how to overcome the roadblocks to do so. Before I close, I have two more comments to make. If you know other tech entrepreneurs on a mission that have a story worth sharing, please send me an email at ton.dobby at valueinspiration.com. Building the momentum all starts with revealing the ideas. And that starts with you. And if you want to know more about my book or you're interested in joining the Remarkable Effect tribe, please visit my website at www.valueinspiration.com. Thanks for tuning in. And you could do me a big favor by rating the podcast on iTunes or provide me with your feedback directly. I'll see you shortly on a new episode. The world's best-known investor and Wall Street expert Warren Buffett once said, Wall Street is the only place that people ride to in a Rolls Royce to get advice from those who take the subway. Mr. Buffett's quote is remarkably accurate, but how many people would rather receive advice from him than someone simply guessing? Welcome to Buy, Hold, Sell, your single source for Wall Street knowledge and profitable guidance. Please join me, Todd Schoenberger, and fellow trader Tobin Smith, as well as host Veronica Dudo, for a podcast known to move the needle for investors. Tobin and I are seasoned Wall Street executives with deep investment experience, and we are prepared to share our advice to those who choose to listen. Download Buy, Hold, Sell today on the Evergreen Podcast Network or your favorite podcast channel.